For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is going on? It is the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Mark is back with you. We are here on a Sunday recording as the Clippers are just five days away from starting their preseason. Before you know it, you blink and the season is back as the chance to try and win that 2021 title is about to be underway. The Clippers just had their first day of training camp Today, Ty Lue said he could barely sleep as he was so excited to take over the reins on this team as it is Ty Lue as head coach as the Los Angeles Clippers open up with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Morris, Pat Beverly, Lou Williams. This crew is ready to go. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Tomer Azarli of Clutch Points. He is someone that covers this team religiously throughout the season. We'll talk about this whole PG doc drama. We'll also talk about the schedule as it was just released a couple of days ago. We'll break that down, talk about the preseason and all that it entails. But before we get there, folks, we are just about ready to start the season, which means that fantasy basketball is just around the corner. Your drafts are coming up and we want you to be prepared. And how do you get prepared? How about hoop-ball.com's incredible new content? I mean, it is unbelievable what they are doing right now with all the different offers that they give you to try and get, whether it's the Brew 150 that perhaps you want a piece of, or the Fantasy Pass, the DFS Pass, the Wager Pass, $12.99 per month for the Hoop Ball 360. That includes all of it. You want just perhaps the Fantasy Pass, which has the Brewski 150 early early access, the 2021 draft guide, the fantasy appraiser, draft slash free agency supplements, Fantasy Pass has you covered. So many different options starting at $4.99. I want you to go to hoop-ball.com, follow Aaron Bruski, follow Dan Bespris. All those guys are tweeting out links, and so am I, to all the premium content that we want to give you over at HoopBall. Don't sit on the sidelines. Join our squad Get the information that'll help you win the league. You spend an extra couple bucks, you win a lot of bucks with this incredible content. And before we get to Tomer, one more thing for you. We got to say hello to our partner over at ExpressVPN. There are a ton of different VPN providers out there. You've probably heard a couple of them. Some of you may have even used a VPN before, but I want to do my research on my sponsors. And I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN does not log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN does not do that. They developed a technology called Trusted Server 
that makes it impossible for the servers to log any of your info. Second, speed. A lot of VPNs will slow down your connection, make your device sluggish. ExpressVPN will make your stuff quick. You won't have to sit there as it lags. You can stream HD quality videos with zero lag. It's so easy to use. You don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, click one button to connect. It's so easy. Even your grandparents can do it. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my ex link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. That's expressvpn.com slash hoopball today. Get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Visit expressvpn.com slash hoopball to learn more. All right, enough of me. Let's talk to our friend, Tomara Zarley. So I think the last time we spoke, Tomer, was when the Nuggets and Clippers had just played game one. It was either the Nuggets and Clippers or the Mavs and Clippers. I believe it was the Nuggets and Clippers, and the Clippers dominated, and we said, this is going to be a five-game series. What, what, this is going to be a five-game series. And what do you know? Uh, then The Nuggets go on to win. Was it the Mavericks or the Nuggets? I... I think it was the Mavericks. Yeah, I think you may be right. Uh, I think we're previewing the Mavericks series after that game one reaction moving yeah. forward. Um, which I said, yeah, I thought it was going to be a, a four or five game series at the time, uh, and I thought it—I really thought it should have been. Um, you know, they're they're one Reggie Jackson defending Luka Doncic on a game winner away from it being a five game series, and um, that whole that whole postseason was a mess for the Clippers. Though I mean, both series they should have won. Both series were just. <laughs> much made made much more difficult than they needed to be. So, yeah, and uh, th that's going to be a good segue into this pod, which is going to mention some PG Doc stuff because that's obviously been a hot topic, and we'll go into the schedule because that was released a couple of days ago. Um, I want to start with the PG Doc stuff, Tomer, because okay. we saw PG the video clips that got released from the. Um, podcast slash video, what was it, Up in Smoke or whatever it was called. All the Smoke. All, All the, the smoke. smoke, there you go. Um, the podcast that he was on where he basically said that he was not playing the position that he normally wants to play and that he was doing a lot of, uh, I think, coming off screens and just spot-up shooting threes and that's basically not his game, whatever it was. And then he mentioned something that, more importantly, where he said that there wasn't many adjustments and it just seemed like these players were just out there and they were going out there and no adjustments were being made after they lost. I mean, 3-1, then they lost to make it 3-2, then lost, obviously, it was 3-3. And then you had a lot of social media going after PG for the stuff he was saying because he wasn't taking responsibility for, obviously, he played terribly, and PG's not known for his great games in big moments. Then you had PG um, come out, the next day, and he said, you know what, I got to take responsibility, that was on me, like, I got to be better, and then Doc comes out today, because he was asked to, to comment on Paul George's comments, and said, hey, listen, I enjoyed coaching him, so not a lot to say there, Ty Lue was sitting right next to me, so he better hope it's not adjustments, it ain't going to be much different, listen, we lost the game, and I think everybody needs to take ownership, obviously, we can always do better, players can play better, as far as I'm concerned, I'll leave it there. Where do you stand on all this? Because it's crazy, man. I mean, everybody, I feel like, has responsibility. But the one thing we mentioned when Ty Lue was hired was, well, this is the same guy that was right there next to Doc. 
he could have easily been like, hey, you need to play Zoo more than Trez because Trez is getting crushed by Jokic. Hey, maybe it's not a good idea to put out put Reggie Jackson on Doncic. Where do you stand on all this? I mean, look, I, I understand both sides of it. I mean, the Clippers didn't lose because of Montrez Harrell. They lost probably because of Doc Rivers' uh, lack of adjustments. Uh, and that, that goes to not putting uh, uh, not only Harrell in better positions, but everyone in better positions uh, to succeed. Um, didn't didn't utilize Landry Shamit to the best of his ability. Uh, I know he was coming off uh, COVID. Um, same with Ivica Zubats. Um, you know, but but there definitely is some some blame to throw around, um, especially at Paul George. Um, it, it, look, Paul George is, is a great perform great player. He's a really good player. Um, regular season, he's shown he can be. Uh, even the playoffs, he's shown at times that he really can be. He's had some great games in the playoffs, and especially in the elimination games as well. Everyone likes to bag on him for his um, lack of, of appearance in the playoffs, but he's got you know thirty six nine and three in a play in an elimination game. He, he, he's just done. He's just done it, uh, and I think people don't like to talk about that. However, this past postseason uh, was just rough for him. Um, we all know the bubble is a different animal. Um, he had that three game stretch during the. Uh, Mav series from games two to five, uh, two to four, where he shot, what was it, uh, 21% from the field? I yeah, he, that was 11 points, 21%. Yeah, he was awful. And that, then he came out in game five and he did well. And then he commented about how he was just mentally getting messed up in the bubble. Right. Um, so, so I think, you know, this wasn't the only player we heard talk about that we heard Danny Green talk about it. We had a couple other players talk about it as well. So um, I think the bubble should serve as a bit of an exemption just because it's 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 a unique different environment that um frankly i don't think a lot of players wanted to be there you know while they publicly said they wanted to be there competing for a title i don't think they truly wanted to be there away from family uh at the time potentially risking their lives as well so um i think now we know more about it but going back to the pg stuff everyone deserves a piece of the cake in terms of the blame um doc deserves his I thought that when when the video came out uh, on all the smoke and, and PG made those comments, um, you know, I didn't really say anything about it. But I thought it was kind of out of line, considering um, it, while Paul George did show up um, offensively and defensively some games, he's paid as a superstar and he's known as a superstar to do both every game. Yeah. Uh, so consistency is just the biggest issue with him. Uh, you can't do it game one and not do a game two, and then do a game three and not do a game four. Uh, I think that's my biggest issue with him is that. If the Clippers, if Paul George plays to his standards, um, the Mavs are probably a sweep. The Denver Nuggets is probably a five or six game series at the most. Um, and then you never know what happens to the Lakers series. They played them really well throughout the season, even though they went two and two. So I think Paul George definitely deserves some of the blame. And he did come out uh, a couple of days after um, that video was released. Uh, he spoke to us, members of the media, and he said, "Let you know, let's clear the air on this. I wasn't trying to throw blame on Doc. We're all... We're all accountable. I blame myself for being the one on the court while blowing a 3-1 lead. So he, he did take some accountability for that, which I did like. Um, it's just a mixed bag right now uh, because Paul is, is, a, is a splendid, fantastic player. Um, he has shown up in the playoffs, but I just think consistency is the biggest thing with him. And at this point, you know, when you go from his, um, you know, this wasn't a championship or bust year for us um, to – this comment initially about only blaming Doc, it just comes off as, you know, like, what are you trying to do here? At this point, maybe just, you know, let let your game do the talk for you. Um, and so I think that's what a lot of people expected. Just, you know, just let the game do the talking at this point. Just just don't 
don't go out there and, and blame Doc and or say this or that. Just go out there and let your game do the talking. And I fully expect a revenge season type of season from Paul George this year. Um, he said he's fully healthy now. He had a training camp, which he didn't have last year. Came off dual sh- shoulder surgeries. Um, and so I'm expecting a much better Paul George this time. And, um, you know, if, for, for the sake of, you know, shutting down the haters and, and allowing him to play his, his game uh, the way he knows he can on both ends, I, I, I kind of hope we see that. Uh, just because it'll be good to see after a couple of years struggling for him. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what to expect, but but I do hope for a revenge season style um, year from Paul George. Yeah, and let's not forget that two years ago he was number three in the MVP voting, and this is a guy that clearly has the ability to be a leader. And I think my biggest issue with the whole Doc PG stuff and PG coming out and saying what he did. I think my biggest gripe with last year's team, Tomer, was that it didn't seem like there was a leader on last year's team. I mean, Kawhi Leonard obviously is extremely quiet. PG just goes about his business, doesn't really talk a whole lot. We see some random comments here and there on social media. We saw the the whole bench um, debacle when he was getting yelled at by, or I think it was Lillard, for going up and down on the bench and going crazy. It's just one of those things where... It just seems like this team didn't have a leader. And then to go out and do what he did, and I agree with you, that it just seems like it was very unnecessary. Like, I know you're on a podcast with people that you can talk openly and honestly about, but you need to realize that in this situation, if you go and you throw Doc under the bus because you don't think he played you correctly, and then you don't think he made adjustments, listen, I don't completely buy that they made zero adjustments. I do buy that there were some big adjustments that were not made, though. I mean, the the Trez thing we can talk about until the cows come home because that was the most obvious thing where <laughs> we really saw the numbers show what the offensive rating was like, the defensive rating was like with both Trez on the floor and versus with uh, Zoo on the floor. So we get to the point now where you said what you said. Okay, probably shouldn't have done that. Then he said, you know what, I'll take responsibility. That's the next step, I guess, to trying to be the leader. And then for Doc to say what he did, it's just like, it, we don't. you don't need this type of stuff in the media right now. You know what I mean? Like, just go out and win games. You don't need to worry about anything that's, you don't need to add more to the social media pile of crap that's already being thrown your way because the Clippers just seem to be in that because they are, technically rivals with the Lakers and trying to get to where the Lakers are. So just enough of that. You know what I mean? I do. I do. But, but I think at the same time, Paul, I think I understand the point Paul was trying to relate. I just don't think he took accountability enough accountability in his comments initially. Um, and it just sounded like he was blaming doc, yeah. which is why when he came out the second time, uh, he was just explaining like, Hey, it wasn't like that. Everyone's responsible for it, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think Paul kind of struggles with, with sometimes saying too much uh, in the media, which, you know, as a media member, I don't always mind. But, you know, when you say this wasn't a championship robust year, uh, you know, exactly. Kinda, yeah, kinda, that, like, that was huge. What? Yeah. You're saying what's going on? What are you talking about? This was, you know, you're, you're possible. You can leave after one year, uh, after another year. So uh, and then the comments initially, again, um, he didn't really take much accountability. And so I think that. Uh, he sometimes struggles with with how to phrase what he wants to say. Um, 
some some guys deal with that. It's just you know we, we're we're seeing Kyrie Irving going through a media blackout right now, um, but I, I I think I think for for, for the league's you know, entertainment factor. I mean, everyone loves it when the Clippers are struggling and, um, you know, the Lakers are, are riding sky high right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, even vice versa, when the, when the Lakers were, were, were being talked as, about as underdogs, um, and, and the Clippers were playing well, I think that was even good for, for, uh, for entertainment. So, uh, at the end of the day, this is all just entertainment. You know, I think that's important to remember. Um, but, uh, it's tough because because I didn't think Doc would actually respond to this. I thought he would just let it go and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that's what he's been gone for about two months now. Yeah. So um, I actually was surprised when I saw those comments today. Uh, I, I I do think Doc Doc also feels some type of way um, because I'm I'm sure I, coaching that team could not have been easy. Uh, the the egos, um, you know, that's not to say that everyone someone on there was was you know controlling it with his ego, but. There's a lot to handle there, um, and I simply don't think Doc did a good enough job. And while you know he he is a a, a great mentor and a great leader, um, sometimes I think you need a newer face like a Ty Lu, who's uh, much closer to them in age. I think is much more relatable to them in a lot of different ways. He's played in in more of you know today's era of basketball, at least towards the end of it, uh, in the late two thousand two thousands. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm ready to move on from this. Honestly, it's just yeah. in terms of in terms of the uh, last year. I think the Clippers are sort of ready to move on as well. It's just there's just always something you can talk about. Like you said with the Montrezl Harrell thing, you could talk about that for for days because yeah. he was one of the main reasons they lost that series. And uh, but again, that falls on Doc for playing him in those positions. So um, you know, I, I wrote a, I wrote a piece basically saying who, who's to blame for this loss, um, and. I I didn't take it easy on Docker Trez because they were largely responsible for it, but it is what it is at this point. Uh, you really have to. I think the Clippers got a, got a better leader, a more accountable leader in Ty Lu. I think they got a guy who uh, is much more respected in the league with Serge Ibaka, not not a guy you can mess around. He's a he's a guy who can be a vocal leader in the locker room as well. Um, you know, Nick Batum is. Is talented. He he can go to work. Um, he's kind of had a d- down year last year, uh, but I think the additions will be good for the Clippers in terms of, um, you know, getting back to where they want to be. Um, and I I think I do like this role as underdogs for them. I think they perform better as underdogs as opposed to favorites. When you're favorites, and I think this is the first time as favorites for everyone not named Kawhi last year, uh, that puts a huge target on your back. I think uh, I think that's that's one of the reasons I expect a better year this upcoming year because they won't be favorites um, when you have the Lakers, the Nets, uh, the Bucks retooling. Um, even though the Warriors might not be championship contenders, they'll be fun to watch. So um, yeah, this should be it should be a fun year in the NBA. Let's take a quick break to talk about our friends over at my bookie. Boy, mybookie.ag is the place to go if you want to make money. I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get on that, get in on that, what are you doing? Now is the time to get involved. You have NFL continuing. You have basketball just about to start. You have college football. You have Premier League. So many different sports that you can bet on. We know who these teams are. 
We know what they're capable of. It's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every single week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also, by the way, have a fully-fledged casino platform. Yes, you heard me. Gives access to all the different classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at MyBookie. The doors never close. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. When you do, use the promo code HOOPBALL to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to $1,000. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. If you look at the HoopBall gaming account, they'll help you as well. You have all of the different things at HoopBall that you can take advantage of. They've got the wager pass that'll help you even more. Go and sign up. MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code HoopBall today. You bring up something interesting where you said that these guys, I think, want to move on to this season and just get past last year. And that's the weird thing about PG bringing up what he did was that you know by saying that you're bringing up last year and you're not moving on to next year. So hopefully that was a mistake on his end that he won't do again, that these guys will move on and we'll stop talking about Doc Rivers and what happened during that playoff series. Because frankly, it was a collapse. It was not good. There was right. a lot of blame to go around. The blame pie, you, everybody's going to have different percentages in terms of how much was PG's fault, how much was uh, Doc Rivers' fault, how much was Trez's fault. I mean, you, you could throw that around and everybody will have different numbers. So I think it. you bring up a good point. It, it's, hopefully this is now a time where they do move on because it does, be, it does need to happen. To be fair, though, he was asked about it. Um, which yeah. It was the hot topic at the time. So I don't blame yeah. him for going into it. Yeah. Like I said, I just think he struggles with, with how he phrases the things he wants to say. So. Yeah, no, that makes uh, sense. You know, and talking to Pat Bev today, and then last the, some of the guys like Marcus the last couple of days, they believe they were the better team. And you know, someone asked Pat, uh, you know, how long did it take for that sting from the Nuggets loss, Nuggets loss to go away? And he said, I don't think it ever went away. Uh, it, it's still bugging him to this day. Yeah, so, hopefully they carry that to this year because because you need yeah. to have your chip on you need to have a chip on your shoulder and you need to play as underdogs. Like you said, I mean, this team was great as underdogs a couple of years ago, and they really lost that dog mentality that they had during that season where they took a couple of games from the Warriors in the first round. So hopefully they're, they carry that into the season because they're really going to need it. And speaking of the season, I mean, we're sitting here on Sunday afternoon, and Friday is when we start with the season. It is really odd how this worked out. It just seems like the Clippers lost a couple weeks ago. And here we are with the very abbreviated training camp. I think they just started practicing today and they have a preseason game in five days. And the season opener is on the 22nd, which is only 16 days away. It's a very short preseason. What do you make of that with a short preseason where you have a new coach I think the benefit, obviously, is is that he's a coach that knows the personnel. I think the Clippers would be in bigger trouble if this was a very short training camp with a new coach that needed to teach a new system and personnel that he had no idea what it was or who they were. So what do you make of that? Do you think that is going to hurt the Clippers? Is it going to take them some, some time to get into a groove? What do you think about the uh, shortened training camp with a new head coach? 
Well, I mean, the cons are obviously that it's a shorter training camp, but the pros are that, you know, everyone's healthy. Yeah. Um, and that uh, one knock I have just to go back to Doc uh, is just that there was no offensive system. It was sort of just, you know, free movement, you know, throw guys. Other than what PG said, which is kind of bringing guys off screens, I didn't really see an offensive system. And so I'm really looking forward to see what Ty Lue has set up for this team. Uh, when you have a floor spacing big in, in Ibaka, um, Zubats has shown he took a major step forward this past postseason. Um, you got Luke Kennard, who I think they want to see uh, if he can be healthy as a playmaking shooting guard slash point guard. So, um, I mean, personally, look, from a health aspect, I, I have I have very serious concerns because, um, you know, not only are cases rising here yeah. in Los Angeles and around the states, but uh, I, it's just tough for players to be responsible and, and tough to ask them to be responsible, but not only them to have their family be responsible and to have their friends be responsible. Oh, the season's going to be a nightmare. Um, I mean, th- I mean, there's no, re- there's no way to get around that one. The season's going to be a nightmare. There are going to be teams right. that are going to have to be shut down for a week or so. I mean, you just look at the Ravens right now. I mean, there, it seems inevitable that it will get to that point that we will have that. The one, I guess you can call quote unquote saving grace is that the rosters are smaller so that's good because there's less players that it can be transmitted through. And also some of them right. have already had it and some of them currently have it. So if you look at the science, they probably will not have it again um, in the next several months. So that's the saving grace in terms of that. But you're spot on. I mean, it's it's going to be a nightmare as is health-wise. But the question is, I mean, what do they do on the court? I mean, that, that, that that's what I'm curious to see with such a short amount of time. So I, I'm not even entirely sure with that. My only concern, you know, as opposed to the NFL, is that you know the Ravens had a couple guys miss the game, yeah. And it's probably going to be that one game that they missed. Lamar Jackson is expected to be back Tuesday, yeah. So they will be back, you know, back to sort of normal. Uh, with with the NBA, uh, you could have guys if they miss, you know, a week and a half, two weeks. That's what eight games, seven games. Yeah, that's a good chunk of your season. If, you know, knock on wood, a, 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 a Paul George or someone contracts it, you know, by, you know, you, even Lawrence Frank said the other day, you can do everything right and still come down with it mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's a, you know, you can get it going to the grocery store or doing simple tasks, you know? So it's just, it, I really am I'm curious to see how, you know, um, how they handle this. Uh, in terms of the short off season, I'm not too concerned because I think guys are, uh, have been taking care of their bodies. They're anxious to get back. Um, and, and they're all healthy. They ended the postseason healthy. They're starting this season healthy. So uh, as long as they ramp up, you know, the proper uh, at the proper speed, um, we, we should be able to avoid injuries and, and get back to the swing of things healthy. Uh, but again, my biggest concern, like we saw James Harden is still in Las Vegas partying um, and apparently, quote unquote, following uh, guidelines. Um, so I, I just I I have a lot of questions about how this is going to go down because. Um, uh, it's just hard for me to imagine you asking NBA players and their families and friends to go, what is it, eight months, uh, seven, eight months yeah. without any, uh, you know, no partying, no get togethers, you know, being safe. I just can't imagine it. And, and I think it'll, it'll change seasons for some of these guys, because like I said, you missed, uh, two weeks in the NFL. That's, that's maybe a game, a game, and you can get back in time for the second game. But in the NBA, that's seven, seven, maybe eight games in, in a lot of back-to-back scenarios. So um, I'm curious to see how this works out. But I think the Clippers are anxious to get back out there. So I think they they are actually kind of happy about the short offseason. I think they really want to get that bad taste out of their mouths 
from the uh, the Nuggets loss because that that clearly stung them. Um, you know, Ka- Kawhi said he he doesn't really think about it, but it is something that that motivates him and fuels him um, moving forward, as it does for everyone else. So. Um, I think in, in a way, this is one of those games where, you know, you have a bad, bad loss, uh, bad blowout loss on a Saturday and you want to come back out the next day right away and just, you know, get back after it and, and, and uh, avenge that loss and end on a higher note. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, that's what I feel like from this Clippers and talking to them the last couple of days. They really just want to get this bad taste out of their mouths and, and move on and, and, and get over this and start the next journey towards the 2021 championship uh, because 2020 we all saw it ended really badly for them. Yeah. Did not end well. And it starts on December 22nd when the regular season kicks off against the Lakers. Let's go into the schedule uh, for everyone who has not seen. I'm sure most of the people listening have, but I want to chat about the schedule, the first several games and then just the schedule in general, but at Lakers at Denver on Christmas Versus Dallas, two days later versus Minnesota, back-to-back against Portland the next day, at Utah on the first, at Phoenix on the third, versus the Spurs on the fifth, and then playing at the Warriors on the sixth and the eighth. That's not an easy opening schedule, Tomer. I mean, that is, you face the Lakers, Nuggets, Mavs, Blazers, Jazz, Suns, Warriors, and then two teams in the Spurs and the T-Wolves that probably will not be as good. But that's tough. I mean, you're... Let's not forget this is a shorter schedule, and to open up with that, I mean that that's difficult. What do you, what do you think is going to be? I don't. I want to say the toughest part because I mean, how do you think the Clippers react to such a tough schedule to start? I mean, I haven't looked at other teams' schedules, but I have to imagine that um, everyone is dealing with this. You know, I see a couple of four games in seven days scenarios here. Yeah. Um, but it's you just know. the teams, you know? It's like the Western Conference, because right, obviously right. with having the schedule be very travel-friendly, it's just the loaded part with all the Western Conference teams and the good Western Conference teams to start just seems really difficult. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, if you're going to get those those teams out of the way, yeah. I think you might as well do it now when you're fresher in the start of the season than the second half when, when you're trying to you know play for a playoff seed. Good point. Um, look, the, the, the Lakers... Kind of, kind of cruel to make them watch uh, opening night with the ring ceremony there. Um, look, Denver Friday night. Those we all know these matchups are going to be tough. I mean, Lakers, Nuggets, Mavs will basically would have been who they played if they beat the Nuggets in mm-hmm. the playoffs uh, to open up the season right here. So, um, Minnesota is interesting. Portland is interesting. I, I really, I'm actually not that. I don't really have an issue with these. I mean, I, I know that these are Western Conference games, and we know the West is tough, but you got to get these out of the way eventually. Um, And I think that they have a a good amount of home games strung together where they can get practice days. I see they have a couple of off days on the 12th and the 19th of January, uh, which will allow them to get actual, you know, full length practices in. Um, They usually do when they have back to back days off. I don't know if that changes much under Ty Lue, but that's how they did it under Doc Rivers the last couple of years. Um, And, and, you know, we I think I think the count was eighteen home games and twenty road games. Yeah, which means it'll probably be a more home home heavy schedule. Well, lightly home heavy schedule for the second half. Um, but look, you got to get these out of the way eventually. That's the way I see it. And um, you might as well get these out now. Um, play some of the easier ones down the stretch when you're not really playing for a playoff seat anymore, um, and go from there. Uh, but you know, the you do have a Chicago up here. You do have. 
uh, some interesting teams like the Kings. Um, the West is going to be no joke. I mean, the Pelicans aren't a joke either. Uh, OKC, I'm curious to see how, you know, what we even get out of that. There's a back-to-back. There's an OKC back-to-back on the 22nd and the 24th. Uh, not a back-to-back set, but they play them consecutively at home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good way to reduce travel there, I see. Um, yeah, I mean, we also have to remember that guys are going to miss time uh, for contracting the virus, or at least being on a, you know, uh, what do they call that list where you've been in close contact with someone. Yeah. Uh, and so you're on uh, a brief, briefly away from the team. I think Mike Conley had that. You have to quarantine for a couple of days. So, um, we're going to get those cases. We're going to see that a lot. So, I don't know how often it happens. I mean, the Portland Trailblazers announced today they closed their facility because three players contracted it or three members contracted it. I yeah, can't remember. Th- yeah, three staff, <laughs> either staff member, staff slash team yeah. members. I think. Yeah, three people in the okay, building. There you go. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that that's going to play a significant factor here. I really think we're going to see. Um, I, I'm hopeful again that that we don't, but I really just can't imagine a scenario where we aren't dealing with this for a while, um, widespread throughout the NBA. Um, and so, I, I if you look at the schedule, I really like their their home home stretch in um, in February. I know it's kind of far out to look now, um, but that Cleveland, Miami, Utah, Utah, Brooklyn, Washington, um, that'll be an interesting stretch there, leading up to the All Star break. Well, not All Star break, but the first half break, whatever they want to call that. Yeah. Um, you know, you got what six home games in a row. Um, then you go Memphis, Memphis, Milwaukee. So. Six games in a row at home before you go five on the road. Um, that's probably a telling stretch there where you really want to. By then, I think you really want to figure your, yourself out. Um, you want to get everyone incorporated the right way. You want to get the system set. Um, if it's not really set by then, I, I think I'd have concerns. Um, but again, I mean, shit, we, we might have coronavirus issues here where guys can't play or can't practice or can't get in there, you know, mm-hmm. into the flow of things. So, um, We'll see where we go from there. The one notable thing is there's six back-to-backs, at least in the first part of the schedule that's been released, because the schedule has been released up until, I believe, March 4th for the Clippers. So six back-to-backs. We got to think, I mean, Kawhi's going to rest the back-to-backs, you think? Uh, I I think he will. Um, You know, one one nugget that he gave us the other day, which I didn't know, I don't think anyone knew, is that he said he went some uh, off-season procedure last off-season when he signed with the Clippers, uh, which I think... I don't think many people knew about that. On what? Uh, you know, come, uh, they, he didn't specify, but he said, I went through a procedure and PD, PG went through a procedure. Hmm. Um, and so it, he kind of slipped it in casually. And so I think a lot of us didn't really catch it till after. Um, but uh, given that he was dealing with tendonitis in his knee in the playoffs before, I, I'm assuming it's something on his knee. Um, but again, they, they came into the season saying that he was 100% healthy and wasn't going to be managed and all that. So uh, it came as a shock to me when I heard that. Um, but going back to your back-to-back thing, I mean, yeah, look, we saw Kawhi play well in the playoffs. He had a couple of blips on the radar, but that's expected. Um, you can probably expect him to sit one of the two back-to-backs, and if it's probably an East Eastern Conference game, I'll probably sit that one. Um, looking at it now, it's West-West, West-West, uh, East-East, East-East, and East-East. So there's, there's none of those scenarios here. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kawhi's gonna have to see these back to backs, I think, because you, you want you want to manage them for the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they go the route of resting Kawhi one of them and then resting PG one of them, um, because those are two guys you want to save for the postseason. 
Uh, I also expect him to bring Luke Kennard back slowly. I don't think we can expect a big role for him off the bat. I know that he was telling us that he feels 100%, uh, and he, this is the best he's ever felt physically. Uh, but the guy hasn't played since, I want to say, December? Yeah, it's been he a while. 28 games? Yeah, it's been He was a while. set to return March 14th, is what I saw. But the NBA obviously got suspended on the 11th. Yeah. So he hasn't played since December. This guy hasn't played in a whole year. So I think they're really going to bring him along slowly. Um Despite the big role they they anticipate having for him, um, just just because you really want to manage his, his him as well, because if he can be the guy that he was uh, for Detroit in those twenty eight games, a fifteen four and four guy, uh, that's huge. That's huge for the Clippers as another playmaker. So uh, a, a, lot, a lot to read in the schedule, but I think it's still too early uh, because we don't know enough about this team. Uh, we know what they'll be, uh, how good they can be, um, but. There's a lot of factors we have to weigh into this, including coronavirus, including health. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I think um, you know guys will be load managed properly, um, and 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 we'll go from there. It's not really, it's 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 too. I think it's still too early to look into this uh, in depth. A lot of teams we don't even know what they'll be yet. Uh, you know, the Warriors we don't know how they'll look as contenders. Um, the Pelicans as well, with the new head coach. Yeah. Uh, Sacramento made some moves as well. They lost Bogdan. I think Buddy Heel is unhappy. Uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of question marks there. So, uh, we'll see. I, I can't wait to get this started though. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. And, uh, the one thing I'll be curious to watch is the whole quote unquote preferential treatment that was thrown around towards Kawhi and PG. And we talk about load management and Kawhi and PG getting rest. And then hopefully there aren't guys that are saying, Oh, well, why don't I, why don't I have to play every single game? Why do those guys get to rest? And then, because you have guys that are going to be older veterans, guys like Lou Williams. I'll be curious to see how they manage him. And, I mean, at the same time, those are games where Lou Williams has a chance to really thrive when those guys are not there and he can become more of a playmaker. This offense in general, man, is going to be so fun to watch, it, not just because of entertainment value, but just how all the pieces fit together because there are so many different things you can do and – Doc had the chance to do this with guys like PG, Kawhi, Marcus Morris. They can all switch. You have Ibaka. You can put him with Zoo. You can do it without Zoo. Where you can put Lou Williams with these guys. You have Kennard. They have so many different guys that are disposable. It'll be so interesting to see how all the pieces fit. I think one thing that we'll we'll be seeing a lot of is um, Lou Kennard, a point guard, uh, because I think Ty really likes his ability to playmake and come off screen shooting as the ball handler. Um, I think that we'll see a, a reduced role for Lou Will, um, but I, I do think we'll see a, a more ir- irritated Lou Will because I don't think he played the way he wanted to at all in the playoffs. He was pretty poor uh, as well. Do you think he's um, on the roster by the at the end of the season? At the end of the season? Yeah. Uh, I would say... I would say no, hmm. only because he's an expiring, and you could probably get something in exchange for him. Um, you know, a, a pick, an unknown pick, but a first round pick is much more valuable, in my opinion. I mean, in the NBA's opinion, you know, uh, it's valued higher than a a player that's already known or an expiring. You know, so I think if they can get an expiring, that that'll work for them. Um, he has such a team friendly deal that it'll be interesting to see yeah. in terms of what they do with that, because normally it's the team that's tanking that's going to take on the player or the team that's taking it's going to trade away the pick or whatever or actually no that, uh, vice versa the team it's going to trade away the pick the clippers don't have a pick to trade you know what i mean right and, and so it's you trade I picks, mean, there might, you be, get a, there players. might be a contender out there who, who wants 
a little bit of a scoring punch, realizing they don't have enough, yeah. and they they make the trade for Lou Will. Uh, that'll that'll be the case. That'll be the only case where they trade. Um, they trade Lou Will, in my opinion. I don't think you can really get him for. I mean, if you can get him for a, a George Hill style player or something like that, uh, you probably do it. But other than that, yeah, I, I. It's tough. It's tough because I I think Lou said multiple times if, if he this is his last stop. So if he's out of here, yeah. um, he, he's done. He's retiring. So. Um, but but back to the this the roster and the, the switchability. I think that's something that we didn't see enough of in the playoffs. Uh, we talked a lot about how Zoo defended and how Marcus could defend multiple positions, uh, but I don't think we got to see a good amount of that. Um, so I think Ty Lue is someone who will really just and Nick Batum as well. I have to add him as well. He's a guy who can really um, defend. Uh, you know, he's, he's an average defender. He's a good defender. I wouldn't say he's a great defender, uh, but he's not a poor defender. So I think I think they they have a lot of weapons that they really have to figure out how to use, and I expect Ty to kind of experiment with that and see what lineups work best. See if you can get a lineup out there with a you know Serge Ibaka, Marcus Morris, Kawhi PG, and a Luke Kennard. That would be an all five you know five out lineup right there. All those guys can shoot. Uh, see if you can get an all defensive lineup. Like I'd be curious to see if you can get Zubat at the five and Ibaka at the four. Maybe throw in uh, you know. Something like uh, Kawhi PG in there as well, and Pat, um, and then Pat Bev. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's there's multiple things. I think Doc said he wanted to try, but never really got to try. Or if he did, it was sparingly. And I think Ty should really um, look to experiment. I expect that he will experiment with guys he has on the roster because this team is deep. This team is really deep. They, they have a lot of guys who can switch multiple positions and defend multiple positions and. Uh, who, who can shoot? You know, Ibaka being a rim protector and a floor spacing five is is, is incredible. Um, Zoo, while he doesn't you know space the floor out yet, he has that mid range jumper. He can defend at the rim. So, um, I really, I really hope we see a lot of experimenting this year. Uh, even if it comes at the expense of a loss, I, I think, I think you want to see that kind of work being done. As a fan, uh, and even as, as as a reporter like myself, you want to see the different things that Tyloo is trying out, and seeing you know, okay, Batum doesn't work in this lineup with this guy, uh, or this guy does work with with Batum in this lineup with this guy. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's going to be a lot of experimenting this season, and it's something that'll that'll make covering them and watching them interesting. Yeah, and one thing that I hope they do is they get guys ready for the roles that they're going to play in the playoffs. I mean, play Zoo. 30 plus minutes because in the playoffs you're going to need to do that like that's one thing that i really hope they do in this regular season is treat it where you can experiment but at the same time get guys in roles and rotations that they're used to yeah you'd agree i mean i mean absolutely we talked we talked about it like i think we talked about it well we didn't talk about it but I, i have mentioned this that you can't play zoo 18 an average of 18 minutes a game and then expect him to be thrust into a 30, 32 minute role in the yeah. playoffs, uh-huh. like coming off of the coronavirus, um, where his conditioning wasn't there. I mean, you just can't do that. So, you know, I think, I think you watch it. I was there. I asked doc a couple of times. Um, I always knocked him for not playing zoo more during the regular season. He was playing zoo for the first, maybe five or six minutes of the, of the, of the first quarter. And then he plays Trez the final, what is it? 18 minutes. Yep. Uh, 17 minutes. Uh, I think Justin Russo on Twitter kept a good log of that for a while before he just gave up on it. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll never understand why he did that. I'll never can't understand do that. It. Yeah, you just can't do that. And Trez is a great offensive player in the regular season, but we saw what became of him in the in the playoffs. He was unusable. Um, I, I don't think they used him the right way, but he was unusable. And so, 
I really hope we, you know, you hit on the, the nail on the head right there, where we, we see guys in roles that they'll be expected to play. Uh, Zoo, give him a good, give him games where he'll play 30 minutes, 32 minutes, 35 minutes even. Heck, just 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 throw him out there. Let him get a feel for that kind of game. So that if you do need him for 35 minutes, in case Ibaka gets in foul trouble, uh, or vice versa, that he's capable of doing it. Because uh, you have to remember, I think Zubats is what twenty four. I want to say. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say he's either twenty three or twenty four. Yeah. That's. I mean, he's another what two years away from his prime. Yeah. So like, you have to get this guy out there. Give him. Give him a chance to to play those heavy minutes because they paid him again. They paid him, I think, uh, an eight million dollar, a seven million a year. Sorry. Uh, he's a, he's on a pretty team friendly deal for the impact that he has on the team. Uh, so m- let him go out there and have that impact. Yeah, uh, and, and, and not only that, I mean, you, you have a chance to groom a guy into what could be a very good big man. you got to have a guy play in order to get him to be that type of guy that you want. And they have a chance here to really mold someone into the type of player they want him to be. And you never know what he's capable of being. I mean, this is a guy that really could average a double-double with a couple of blocks and a very good field goal percentage. You really could have that on your hands in large minutes. It'll be fascinating to see. <laughs> you're, you're bringing me back to uh, to December and January and February when oh. when we were, when I had a lot of people in my mentions saying, why isn't Doc playing Zubots more? And even I asked him, and I'm just like, I'm flat, I, I'm confused. I, I don't know why. I, I asked him a couple times, and he just gave me answers that, um, you know, while they made sense to an extent, they just weren't. I don't know. I'm not a head coach. I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to be smarter than a head coach. But it's tough to see that everyone sees how effective Zubats is, and yet you refuse to play the guy. Yeah, we said that. I, I, I just, said that with I Justin. Was so confused by that, I just I don't get it. And then even in the playoffs, when I asked him, like, "Hey, do you pay attention to lineup data?" Because Trez is playing like crap right now, and Zoo is killing him. And he goes, "Yeah, we have our analytical guys. We have all our coaches." I'm like, "Then I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I don't get it." Yeah, I, I, when, uh, Justin Wilson came on when we were talking about this whole thing. And it was this exact conversation where we were discussing uh, Doc and saying, listen, we don't know how to coach. Doc is an incredible coach. There's no, I mean, there's no other way to describe him. He's a very good coach. But there are times where the numbers tell you something right in your face and you're just blatantly ignoring it. And then you have PG come out as we bring this full circle to say that adjustments weren't made. And so here we are. Hopefully, Ty Lu makes the adjustments. Hopefully, we see a different Clippers team that has the capability of winning the title because that yeah, would be so. very nice if we can get the vaccine and then celebrate in L.A. right after the Lakers get their title and they can't celebrate. It would look great to have the Clippers be able to celebrate their first title. I mean, that would be incredible. I mean, I'm sure a good portion of L.A. would be pissed off, but uh... – I mean, this is a franchise that has struggled with futility for you know their entire existence up until the what mid 2010s. I would yeah. say 20 2012, probably something like that, when they got Chris Paul. Um, you know, they they've been pretty bad. They haven't been able to attract superstars, and they finally did it. They've been doing every single thing right since then. Um, you know, Blake Griffin thing aside, I know that, that was you know critiqued, highly critiqued, but they they did get him paid uh, before they traded him. So it's not like he got left like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, they've done everything right. I think at this point, it's just doing the little things, um, getting guys to lock in on the court, uh, pay attention to the little details, which is what Marcus and PG both said that they didn't do. Um, 
just just don't take this for granted. Um, you know, this, this and the path isn't easy. I think some of the guys may have thought that the path was easy because they were so so talented last year, and they really were. They were incredibly talented on paper. On paper, I don't think I had a better team out there. I I, I didn't. I thought they were the most talented team on paper. Yeah. But as a collective team, the Nuggets were better. Yeah. The, the, pie, the pieces didn't work. The pieces just didn't work, and everybody didn't yeah. have a certain role. Well, the guys like the Lakers, they had a role. I mean, Caruso had a role. Danny Green had a role. These guys knew what their job was. Dwight Howard knew right. what his job was, and they all did it admirably, and they, they deserved exactly. the title. And, and I think the, the Clippers struggled with that because they had a guy in a contract year in Montrezl Harrell who was looking to get paid. Yeah, uh, I think at some point in, in mid-January, I, I heard he was expected to get a four-year, $60 million offer deal from, from a team like Charlotte or Atlanta. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I think so he lost like, at least $50 million in the bubble. A lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. And, and they were struggling. I think that's one of Doc Rivers' struggles where he was struggling with, I got to play Trez because I'm going to cost him money if I don't. But also, he's not playing well. So that, that that's what I kind of feel for Doc, where he didn't have an easy job handling that. And then the egos as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this year we'll see a lot of a lot of the guys just paying attention to the little details, not taking things for granted, going out there and playing all 48 minutes. Uh, I, I don't want to say it was to this extent where I'm saying, like, I think the Clippers really just felt like they were talented enough to get by anyone, mm-hmm. regardless of the hard work. I really think they were. They just felt like they could be, they could out, out talent you if that makes sense. And uh, that wasn't the case. You, you saw that with the Nuggets. Uh, they were not the better team, but they were the better team, collective team. Um, so I really expect the Clippers to, to lock in on that, focus on their chemistry, build chemistry somehow over Zoom. I don't know how, um, and 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 just you know play as more of a unit that doesn't take things for granted, doesn't miss all the little details. I don't think Ty will let them miss the details, to, to be honest. Um, we saw what he did in Cleveland. He's he's a guy who held uh, re- reportedly held LeBron accountable where he told them, you're not doing enough at halftime of Game 7, where he was on pace for a 35-point triple-double. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you can get a guy who, to say that to LeBron, um, I think you're in a good position. So as long as he holds... Kawhi and PG accountable. I think it starts there. Uh, you mentioned the prefer- preferential treatment earlier. I don't know if we'll see much of that. Um, and and so I think it starts from there. Once once you see your stars being held accountable, I think the the entire guys follow after that. So um, I, I'm just excited to get this going, honestly. Yeah. Uh, because because you know, you know you know it's out there. You know what they can do. Um, just got to go out there and do it at this point. Yep, and you'll be covering the team all season long. Tomer, where can we find you and promote yourself? What I, You still have the Battle for LA podcast? I do, I do. I haven't been doing as many uh, Clippers-centric ones with that, but okay. uh, I did have Danny Green on uh, about a month ago. I'll have him on again in a bit. Um, trying to get trying to get Serge Ibaka on, so we'll see if we can get him on as well. Mm. Uh, but you can follow me at Tomer Azarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'll do all my, my coverage there. I'll post videos, articles, quotes, content, anything you want Clippers related there. Um, yeah, follow along if you want your Clippers content. I will be able to provide it for you guys. Uh, and then also follow Clutch Points wherever you guys get your um, you know news, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, all that. So. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. And it should be a really fun season. So hopefully everybody go ahead, go follow Tomer. If you're not already, he's a great follow, especially during all of these media sessions where he's tweeting out quotes as they go along. And he's also posting some videos here and there as well. Tomer, always a pleasure having you on my man. 
Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Hope everything is uh is well. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy. Uh, and hope you guys have a happy holiday season. Yes, sir. To you as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tomer. A good look into the season that is just around the corner. Man, it really does feel like that off season was about two minutes. And that, that frankly, that's how the last nine months have felt. But nonetheless, it really does feel like the season just ended and the Lakers just won the title. But work to do now for the Clippers. We'll be with you throughout the entire season as we start to ramp things back up. Friday is when the Clippers will kick things off. We'll have another podcast for you over the weekend as we break down what we saw and we look ahead to December 22nd the regular season opener against the Lakers as the Clippers have to be there as the Lakers raise their banner and get those rings. And what should be some motivation, you would think, on opening night. Usually, the team that comes out and gets their rings does come out a little bit flat. So we'll see if they've got that championship hangover and if the Clippers can capitalize. Before we go, I got to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Boy, to all the ball handlers out there, before you throw on your team's gear, make sure you take care of your below-the-waist grooming. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from taking on a double team of nagging defenders so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped's here to sync the competition and deliver the best tools for your below-the-waist grooming experience. You ask me, what am I doing with Manscaped? What does it do? How about that time where you use the scissors to perhaps cut down there, or maybe even on your chin. You got that extra hair sticking out. You got a couple hairs. You just want to, you know, cut it with your, I don't know, you want to figure you can do it with your scissors or something that's a razor that's not very good. How about the lawnmower 3.0? It's simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. The Manscaped team redesigned the electric trimmer. The engineering team spent 18 months preventing the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer. Because they're ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They do an incredible job. They've got the light so it shines bright and you know exactly what you're doing. They want to make sure that you are cleaned up properly, whether it's going to be down there or if you're going to use it on your face as well. They do such an incredible job. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a crop crop preserver and the Crop Reviver. Also, the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless, body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. It is the thing to get. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. That is the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code HOOPBALL20. And before we go, if you have a chance, please go to that iTunes store, the Apple store. Give us that five-star five star rating and a review as well. It does help this podcast as we continue to grow. Big thanks to you, the listener, for listening this long. If you're still listening, a big thank you for being here the entire way as we continue to build this podcast Until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus. Go Clips! This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.